there's certain guys like in the second quarter and it's a sideline out of bounds or they jab quick and get open you can't deny them then the game started to get closer all of a sudden they can't get open (laughs) but you have the guys that have irrational confidence Lou Williams like you can't tell Lou Williams he ain't better than LeBron What's up, everybody? We are back. Another week, another R2C2. Still quarantined. Still quarantined, safe at home. The rest of the country's opening up, but, you know, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll wait for the Northeast, right? You know, see, see how the rest of the country does first. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. Uh, let them be the guinea pigs, is that what you're saying, <laughs> Basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you nah, know. it's good, I, though. I'm back to, like, normal life this week. My uh, yeah. little C's back to baseball. Like Really? Baseball's yeah, back? Like, yeah, they're, they're starting. They're doing, like, social distancing on the field. Where he plays, like, they yeah. have an amazing complex, so... Nice. They can get the kids out there and have like four kids on one field, have them take VP and all that stuff. So we're getting back to some normal type of life. So it's been uh, it's been good this week. Well, you know, one of the things I think that is always severely underrated um, uh, with um, I mean, obviously, <laughs> I'm saying with these type of things and really it, it's a unique type of thing we're dealing with. But anything new is the fact that it's new. Like you're always uncovering more knowledge, right? You don't know. So like, you know, just the idea of us learning more and more like, oh, the transmissibility outdoors is very, very low, you yeah. know, like, or like, oh, CDC Like it doesn't saying, hang around on surfaces that exactly, long, as long as we thought, you know. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say, see, exactly, 100%. And so, you know, all of a sudden you realize like, oh, okay, like there are some things I can do that maybe at first I thought I couldn't, you know, and now I'm like, oh no, this is, this isn't me being negligent. This is, me uh, operating within that, you know, safe prism, but it, but it's more than I thought it was, you know. Yeah, for sure. So I'm glad that he's back out playing baseball, man. That's fun. Yeah, hopefully, you know, they, uh, you know, they start the season and I get to travel with them. You know, there's no minor league season, so yeah. I won't have to like be out on the road in the minor league. So I'll be able to like travel with him all summer. So I'm looking forward to that. It should be fun. Oh, that's good, man. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. See, what do you think? Are we going to have baseball here, man? I mean, let me actually, let me not even frame it like that. What to you, if you're a player and you're looking at this, because you you, you kind of can look at both sides now, being retired and also you know being a part of the Yankees organization, but mm-hmm. you obviously first and foremost have been a player for a long time. Baseball's, you know, going through these negotiations. What to you would be your biggest concern as a player, you know, with what you've been hearing, reading, et cetera? I, um, I think... I think for me, later in my career, it would have been, you know, it would be my family. And, you know, if my family can come to wherever we're going to start and if they're going to be safe and, you know, if we're, if I'm going to be safe, obviously being in the yeah. baseball clubhouse for so long, you know how quick like viruses and, you know, colds yeah. and different things can spread. So, um, you know, me, and that's just me, like I'm a germaphobe, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So that's just me being, you know, extra. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I will be pretty concerned. Um, but you know, if they can get the, the testing right and, you know, make sure guys are safe, um, you know, I will, I would be all for coming back as long as, you know, like I said, the financial part is right too. Um, mm-hmm. you know, this, this is a tough situation that I feel like the players are in and, and even the owners too. I mean, I think everybody's in a tough situation, but, um, you know, 
it will have a lot of things will have to be di- a lot different than what I'm hearing right now for me to get out there and play. You know, one thing I always think too, man, and this is the part of it where social media can be frustrating. I think is you know you're seeing the cake being made and the batters just being mixed, and you're saying, well. W- Where's the made cake? Like this, this isn't a made cake. You know, I mean, it takes some time, right? Negotiations, it's a process, right? And like with the way social media is now, and obviously both sides will also use this to their advantage or try yeah. to, right? Um, but you know, as a fan, just consuming it with maybe the only goal in mind being getting the sport back, you know, it can be frustrating because you're saying like, oh my gosh, like they're they're at an impasse, nothing's going right. But then you also have to remember, well, a lot of times that's exactly where you are at this stage of a negotiation. You know, you just don't, you wouldn't know about it if it wasn't being leaked to the press. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. And I feel like, I mean, I feel like the owners have been using the media a lot more. You know, if that, you know, just Mm. leaking that they had a proposal and blah, 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 blah. Like just the, the way that they've kind of been positioning themselves, I feel like it's put the players in a bad position, you know, um... But it's I mean, so that, hard like, to they know. They are too, at a right? negotiation, and you know they do have the CBA coming. Nobody wants to hear all of that stuff, though. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because we've just been missing sports, and we want to get it back on. But as a player, I understand too. I mean, being in the working in the front office too, I understand now too how yeah. you know owners want to make money, players yeah. want to make money too. So you know, I hate to make it about that at this time. You know, when when we're going through something like that in the like this in the country, but. I mean, it kind of is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I mean, I you know, look, it's it, to me, it's um, it, it's also it's just the uh, it, there are harsh realities, right? Both are facing. You know, first and foremost, just trying to come up with something that feels um, adequate, safety wise, right? Like yeah. that is a huge undertaking. Regardless, I mean, even just what we were talking about before we came on the air, talking, you know. Do the Yankees come here? Do the Mets come yeah. to go to Queens? Do they stay yeah. down in Florida? Like, right. And even like that puts teams that like, if the Yankees got to be in Tampa all year, that puts them at a disadvantage. It's hot as fuck down there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you don't want to be playing yeah. games in the middle no. of the summer in fucking Florida. No, like, man. Like, outside, I'm sorry. Like, and you don't want to be playing them inside at, at the drop. Because the and trop is the trop. Wa- you don't want people playing inside the fucking trop either. Uh, like, so but it, it just, it, like, it seems like it's a lot to be worked out. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and that's I, that's my thing, man, where, like, I'm looking at this and, and you know, maybe, you know, I, maybe it's also, like, kind of a, a different thought process for years in, in these labor disputes. But I just, like, I feel like it's not easy for either side. There isn't an obvious... You know, there isn't an obvious like victim or or good side. Like this is really difficult for both because mm-hmm. if you're the owners, you're looking at it and you're saying, well, you know, we are losing a massive amount of revenue that we normally would get from being in the park. And if you're a player, you're saying, well, hold on a second. You know, especially from the latest leaked uh, tier system of payment, where let's say that you know, thirty-five million dollar player would only be getting you know twenty percent or twenty-five percent of their pay. You know, you're looking at it and you're saying, whoa, 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 I'm gonna risk you know myself it's just as much even if you play 82 games it's just as much risk as going out there and yes. in 15 starts you can get hurt just like you can in 30 starts you know what i'm saying like 
It's, and you you probably even got a higher chance of getting hurt now that we started up, stopped, and then going to start back right. up again. You know what I'm saying? So and those are I would reasonable understand concerns. guys wanting their money. I would understand guys wanting their money. It, exactly. And that's my that's my thing. See, I can look at both sides and say, like, I get it. Like, yeah, I, I get it. Owners, you don't want to, like, you know, lose money the entire season. And that's what you'd yeah. be facing if you pay guys their full salaries based on not – and if you're on player, I'm like, well, hold on a second. I'm putting myself more at risk and, you know – and by the way, it's just not hard for me to stomach, you know, a seventy percent pay cut or whatever it might be. Do you do you think that the NFL will have this problem or no? Because people, <sighs> it's, it's it's a lot of TV revenue. I I think it will be less of a problem because of that, see. Because of the I, TV, right? Yeah, I do. I do. Such a huge portion of their revenue comes from television from, yeah. that I think it it will be, you know. Um, I think it'll be easier for them to figure it out, you know. Uh, and you can even like stagger games, even so. If you don't have fans in the stands, you could even like instead of two games or three games on CBS, you can put all of the AFC games. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, right, right, exactly. Yeah, you right. You could if you want to get creative like that. Or yeah. let's say college football wasn't coming back until the spring, and you wanted to play on Saturdays and Sundays. You know, That's I don't. True. I don't think they're gonna do that, but you could. You know, I, I think um, I think honestly, by the fall, I feel like we may not be like at full capacity at stadiums, but I feel like fans will be back in the stands and they'll be playing football. I'm feeling more optimistic about that too. See, yeah. I am. You know, yeah. I, and like I said, because of the kids starting to play and stuff like yeah. that, I mean, I feel pretty good about you know them starting up in the fall. Yeah, you know, we may get a rude away, you know, rude awakening in a couple of weeks after things have been a little more sufficiently reopened, and you see if you see you know, significant spikes and whatnot, but you may not, you know, you yeah. may not. And and let's hope we don't because that would be, that would be great. But you know, I guess my overall thought with baseball is this, man, like it, this is a great time for the sport to capture the attention of people, right? And I, I just, you know, I, I just think that ultimately, even if right now there are particulars that seem daunting, it'll get worked out for that reason. Like, I feel like the bigger picture will help guide them when they need to be guided. Yeah, but as we sitting here on May 27th, because, like, how much baseball can you – you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they, they need to be in a spring training by, like, mid-June. Yeah, I know. At least to start, you know what I'm saying? Because you got to start by July 4th. I feel like anything later than July 4th, like, yeah, what are we even doing? Like, that's the summer the schedule. They're at a significant disadvantage compared to the other sports, the yeah. four major sports in our country, right? Because, um, I mean, hockey and basketball have played the vast majority of their regular seasons. And football doesn't have to out. start their stuff, yeah, until the fall. Like, yeah, baseball's the one who gets screwed the most. Days. Yeah, we yeah. should be playing. Like, yesterday was the – Monday was a big day. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, Memorial Day is a huge day for MLB, like – yeah, man. So we should be, you know, we should be a third into the fucking season right now. And Ugh. and that's what sucks is that, you know, we sitting here talking about money and blah, blah, blah. But they should be a third into the season, which is, is crazy. Living with chronic pain is the worst. It's more than a feeling of discomfort. It can affect every aspect of your life. Many of our listeners probably have some type of pain that has prevented them from relaxing and sleeping or stopped them from exercising. Enter Omax Health. If you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery, 
then you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution, CryoFreeze CBD Roll-On, developed by Omax Health. This non-prescription triple action pain relief roll-on is specially formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. The best part? It's 100% natural, CBD-powered remedy, works its magic within 10 minutes of application, and relief lasts up to 8 hours, much longer than over-the-counter products. Simply roll it over where it hurts and ice out the pain. I can tell you multiple times within the last week when I've been ready to work out, I feel a little tweak, sort of lower right back. I roll on the CBD roll-on, courtesy of Omax, the cryo-free CBD roll-on, and I get on the Peloton or I do my workout and I feel good. I don't feel that pain anymore and I don't have any lasting issues with it either. Omax Health is offering our listeners 20% off a full bottle of cryo-free CBD pain relief roll-on plus free shipping. This discount also applies towards any product site-wide. Just go to omaxhealth.com today and enter the code R2C2. That is omaxhealth.com and enter code R2C2 to get 20% off cryo-freeze and site-wide. You know what's funny, man, is I'm reading a book on negotiating right now uh, called uh, Never Split the Difference. Uh, I read uh, that. I read that did? last month. Yeah, it's oh, good. Oh, wow, dude. We had a funny, Zoom. Man. We had a Zoom with the author. Um, with Chris Voss? Chris, with, Chris Voss, with Chris Voss, yeah. Well, as it, was, a, uh, it was pretty dope. That is awesome. So we you all did read the book team? and then he came on and did it. No, no, no. This is a bunch of guys that I, you know, a bunch of my friends. So wow. we all read the book and then we came on and... Um, and he did a Zoom with us. It was it was incredible. He's really good. That's like awesome. even Dude, if you look be, up his TED talks on YouTube, it's good. He'd be great on the pod, man. He would be it, good on the pod. We, he would. We should we should try and make that happen. It's funny because yeah. like, I, I mean, I'm loving the book. I'm about halfway through. Nice. And and like, it's funny because now I'm thinking of these te- techniques when I'm thinking about like labor disputes. You know, yeah. like, You know, but not even that. Just yeah. like everyday life. Like when I'm yeah. negotiating with my kids or my wife and shit. Like. <laughs> You're negotiating all the time. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. Like exactly. Yeah. And even like he came onto the to the Zoom and he was just saying like the way he frames questions. Like he always frames questions to get a no. But the no is really a yes. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the way he can flip shit is insane. Like it was sick. That, I mean, that book was awesome. I, I love that, man, because I, I just read that chapter on like getting uh getting you know, to know. Getting to know, yeah. yeah. And like um like how I love the example you use a telemarketer, how like not every yes is the same. Telemarketer asks you like, you know, do you drink water? Yes. Like, do you know, do you have a home? Yes. Like it, those yeses aren't good yeses. They're yeah. like, they're, those are no's. Yeah. yeah, they're, no's. yeah they're, they're like, please leave. All you want is the commitment. Yes. And if you start with no, if you get them to say no, well, now you're empowering them and they're more open. And also, yep. you know where your starting point is. And I'm like, nah, I was insane to hear him explain it, though. Yeah, Even more so than in the book was 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 crazy. Oh, like it's it was awesome. Dope. We got to try and get him on sometime. It's yeah, great. For sure, for but sure. it's funny, man, because like I'm totally thinking. Yeah, I'm doing it in my everyday life already. Like, and then I'm also thinking about it with these labor negotiations. Like, which also reminded me. We'll get to Jalen Rose in a moment. So excited for you guys to hear Jalen with us. Did you watch Waco on Netflix? Oh yeah, I did watch Waco. Yeah, me and Amber watched that. That was crazy. Um, oh my gosh, man. Yeah, Waco, yeah, yeah, we watched it. The girl from uh, Ozark. Yeah, and, the, and the, guy, yeah. the guys got the house down the street and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we watched exactly. It. It, was, it, it was insane. Cr- 
powerful and and upsetting and and and, and amazing. But w- the head negotiator there, he used to be uh, Chris Voss's boss. The head okay. negotiator from that show um, was Chris Voss's boss in oh, a crisis negotiation. Yeah, yeah, pretty. Crazy. I did the audio book actually. Um, oh, nice man. Which was good. Like, I mean, that yeah, was... did he read it himself? No, he didn't. He didn't, okay. read, he didn't read it himself. That was yeah. uh, I did. That was the second book I did audio book. I did "Can't Hurt Me" um, by uh, what's that guy? Uh, David Goggins. I did his audio. Oh, book. I but love between, David Goggins. Yeah. In between each chapter, he breaks down with the guy that read it, like what he was thinking and everything. So it's almost like listening to a podcast. It was super dope. Oh, that's book awesome, is good. man. That, yeah. Goggins did that with his uh David his Goggins book? did that oh. with his book, yeah. Nice, yeah. man. I've seen Goggins on Rogan a bunch of times, and I'm like, this guy's amazing. He's man. a fucking like, insane guy. He's a beast, man. He's Just a, a beast. He's an animal. His like the his mind is crazy. Oh, it's crazy, man. Hey, we'll have to have a book pod at some point. You know, right? go for through sure. all of it. I've been reading like crazy during this period. Anyway, man, I know we're excited for our guest today. You you're a big Jalen Rose guy because the Fab Jaylen Five. Rose fan. Yep. He's he's my he's my colleague, always shouting out my suits and giving me double R love uh, on NBA <laughs> ESPN Fridays, which I love. So uh, so here um, is our our good friend Jalen Rose. Yo, what's happening? What what's up, Jalen? What up, gents? Appreciate y'all having me on. Nah, I appreciate you taking the time. We're gonna dive right in, man. With I, I mean, see, the first thing I'm thinking is. Jalen's got a professional setup. This is how you know he's been a media maven for a while. Look at that background he's got there. The, the man. background, it looks like a like a like a Zoom background that you put up. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this is an option in one of the tabs. You can get Jalen's background. Behind well, I got you. lucky because Jalen and Jacoby, this was kind of the flavor of the background. Okay. Since we were fortunate enough to go to ESPN, they actually allowed me to replicate it. So I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> you gotta keep it consistent. So it worked out pretty good. Now, you know what's crazy is I want to say that when we started this podcast and we we like tried to frame what we wanted our show to be like, and I was like, like Jalen and Jacoby, you know what I'm saying? Like that that flavor that y'all have on the show works. And me being down there at the seaport all the time, that was like the most enjoyable time getting to go on y'all's show. So I'm a big fan of, of Jalen and Jacoby, bro. Thanks a lot. Appreciate the love. Man, Jalen, you you're a busy man. I mean, even during during this period of time, ha- has it felt more or less busy than normal for you? Yesterday, gents, I was just telling myself I schedule more stuff working from home <laughs> than when I'm in and out of the house. Yeah. I'm like, I I don't realize it takes time to transition. Like right before I was doing this, I was doing something else. As a matter of fact, with one of your uh, Oakland. Uh, brother CC, uh, Dame Lillard. He came okay. on the show today. So it was like, okay, you know, we're going to do a pod for X amount of time. And it seems like from minute to minute to minute, I'm scheduling stuff. So I'm doing get up. So tomorrow, I have get up. I have first take. I have Jalen and Jacoby. I'm doing something with the athletic. <laughs> I'm doing NBA countdown. <laughs> <laughs> and tonight, I'm doing Sports Center. You know what's crazy is you Man. can't say no because everything's canceled. You ain't got nowhere to go. Everybody know you home. <laughs> like before you used to look down and see the A60 number and like I'm out the building. <laughs> you can slide on out and hit it back 24 hours later, but now they know you sitting still. 
Oh Dude. my gosh. Hey, that's how we hunt down our podcast guests too right now, man. It's like, we know you're there. We know it. Hey, I, I mean, I see the Michigan helmet behind you, Jalen. And it's funny, C and I were talking about you, you know, just before you were coming on. And the first thing C said was like, Fab Five, man. He just Fab loved five. the Fab Five love. growing up, man. Like, I mean, C, you, you love those. You, you love that team. Yeah, I mean, I grew up, so when they when they were freshmen, I was in the fifth grade, you know what I'm saying? So that was just like, you know, me, like Jalen being a lefty, me being a lefty, like that, that was my favorite squad, you know what I'm saying? They had the black, they had the long shorts with the black socks and the black hoop, you know, and the shoes. Like, they was just who you wanted to be, you know what I'm saying? That's love, and the thing that made it the most fun is that we didn't realize how much we were loved. You guys, I didn't in particular until I went to KML Summer Jam, Cease, early <laughs> 90s, right? Wall to wall concerts. This one, Hammer was the number one artist in the world. <laughs> I was there with Short. I went to Cadillac club parties. Nice. Players balls, like 50 Cadillacs. <laughs> Digital Underground Money, B Shock G, a young Pac. I was out there on the <laughs> stage, Spice One. And so um, I was like, wait a minute. They know who I am. <laughs> I was bugging because I, I didn't like have like the, the, the proper like bracelet or credential. I was just kind of come like a fan, but I was kind of close. And all of a sudden, cats start recognizing. And before you know it, I'm all the way in the back. And here go EPMD <laughs> and here go Naughty by Nature. I'm like, we made it. <laughs> that was love right there I wouldn't even think they even knew my name like this is way before social media as you guys know yeah. and so I, I I didn't know how much they was following college basketball or following us so to get that love especially from somebody like you I appreciate that nah and, and you know we was following college who you know big time and you know especially growing up in the Bay you know we big, big sports area so you know when y'all hit the scene it was just we all wanted to be we all wanted to be just like y'all. It was, it was crazy. It's crazy. And Cameo Summer Jam back in the day was, <laughs> that was it right there. Like, Classic, right? <laughs> Classic. <laughs> what, Jalen, what is like, I mean, that's obviously, that might be at the top of the list. So this may end up being a repetitive question, but like, what's the most memorable, um, I guess, celebrity interaction or, or another memorable celebrity interaction you could think of, you know, in the aftermath of that? You know, w when you did notice, hey, Fab Five is beloved here. You know, we're a show. Oh, that that's easy. So at Detroit Southwestern, they created, uh, uh, it was like uh, accelerated classes and Pepsi was the sponsor and it was called the Pepsi Challenge. And you had to uh, like get like a 3.5 or something in order to meet a special guest that was coming to the school. And we found out the guest was Magic Johnson. So it was like, I couldn't be the star on the basketball team and not go meet Magic Johnson and he <laughs> in the building. Like, that ain't a good look. And so when I got a chance to not only meet him, but meet him at my high school, but here's the thing, you guys. This was during the period where he was retired. Mm. This is after he announced that he had HIV. So this was at a unique part of his life where people didn't know about the medicine and what was going to happen with his health and was yeah. he ever going to play again? And so imagine him as, as great as he is, there clearly was a level of vulnerability in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so just the gravity of all of it. And I have a picture from that day 
um, that that's probably the most memorable interaction for those reasons. Mm, that's a great story, man. Jalen, was there a guy or two who you looked at and you said, this is who I model my game after, or this, this is who I want to be like when I'm on the floor? Absolutely. Um, as a youngster, I wanted to try to be like Magic. He was a tall point guard. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't exist. And he broke the mold. And at 6'9", and he was from Michigan, and I always wanted to have a goatee like his. That's why I wear mine <laughs> all the time now. <laughs> Just because I wanted my goatee like his and Clyde Frazier. <laughs> so the, I, he, he was the guy I tried to model my game after, and clearly nobody gets to Magic Johnson level. I'm just happy I made it to the NBA. But other tall point guards that kind of came after um, always looked up to him. So like Steve Smith, Penny Hardaway. And, and uh, but then it kind of morphed into a point forward from like Paul Pressey, Scottie Pippen, Grant Hill, LeBron James. And so like he was the guy that, that started making that shift in the game where it was almost like a, a positionless basketball. So if, if it was somebody I idolized, it was magic. Um, somebody that I loved as a Detroit native that I could never be was George Gervin because mm. he was just too smooth. He can he can shoot from deep. And he used to practice that finger roll. He used to come to summer league and we'd be in the gym, little kids sitting on the bench, like holding his water for him, taking off the top. Here you go, ice, you know? And uh, <laughs> he'd make like 20 in a row. we just sit there and count them. He'd just count them. <laughs> he'd miss them. If, and if it hit the net, if it hit the rim, it don't count. He just, and we like, <laughs> that's what it takes to be great. <laughs> and so the, the, those are the two guys and then lastly, just being a Detroiter, um, the Bad Boys Pistons mm. and Isaiah Thomas. So when we drafted him in the mid and early 80s, I clearly couldn't have his game or his speed or whatever, but I'm just a diehard Pistons fan. Man, I understand being deferential to uh, the smoothness of George Gervin because it is, I, I get it, it's a different level, it's a different stratosphere of smooth. But what's interesting is like, in all seriousness, when I think about your game, Jalen, that's the first thing I kind of think about is like you... You moved with a, with a real, you know, velvety rhythm on the floor. You you had a, a unique smoothness to you. So okay, maybe maybe we won't give you Gervin smooth, but that was you know that was actually how you moved on the floor, don't you think? I just appreciated one time, and he was he's Isaiah Thomas's best friend, former teammate Walker D. Russell. He played in the league, was a longtime executive, and he used to come to the Saint. That's our. Um, place where we used to play all of our summer leagues, and that's our holy grail type of thing. And he saw me play, and he started calling me Baby Gerv. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> at first, I used to sign my uh, autographs, Dr. J. I'm like, I'm going to be Dr. J. My first name, J. Yeah, that's going to be me. And then I was like, I can't jump, or I ain't athletic as Dr. J. I can't be Dr. J. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it kind of worked out. I was trying to uh, pattern myself after him. And another guy I tried to pattern myself after was Steve Smith. He was a tall point guard. He had this nice hesitation dribble that I could never um, try to get that I used to always practice. And pretty sure you guys uh, remember watching him put in work in the league. Uh, how, did, how did the Fab Five come together? Like, how did, did, that, did that start, like, years before, like, playing, you know, against or, or with each other in the summer? Or, like, did y'all all end up there? How did that, that kind of come together? So it has stages. C. Webb and I have been playing together since we were 13 and under on a team called the Super Friends. And our coach was Curtis Hervey. So we played 13 and under together. We went to St. Louis 
that year in St. Louis, we lost the rest of Virginia. They had Grant Hill. They had oh, full man. uniforms. They had sponsors. We was like, oh, they wow. rich. We gonna crush them. <laughs> we was like, oh man, they got money. Their parents was able to come to the road. Like they got money. We gonna kill them. And we couldn't get the ball across half court. They, they killed us. We was out trying to hang out wow. three, four in the morning, trying to kick it at 13 years old. <laughs> and then 15 under, we went to Seattle. Uh, we lost the Nationals. Allen Henderson hit a, a game-winning shot against us in a championship game on the baseline. Ended up going to Indiana. And then we won a national championship for AAU, I think, in Tennessee. Um, 17. So we had been friends, neighbors, and playing together every summer at St. Cecilia, okay. whatever. Um, Jawan is from Chicago. And so as you started to become one of the better players, you start playing with and against each other at summer camp. So we were all going to Nike All-American. We were going to BC camp and um, five-star camp and all of the camps that were happening. And so you started to make friends. And Jawan was the first person to sign his letter of intent. And so ultimately he became a chief recruiter along with Steve Fisher and Brian Dutcher. It was Jawan on the phone with them, like, y'all need to come. We need to do something special. So when four of us was at the McDonald's All-American game, we arranged it with some of our other friends on the team where we can uh, share rooms uh, just separated by a bathroom. And we all just sat up in the room and we just talked about like how we wanted to change the game and how he's going to go undefeated, how he's going to win it every year. <laughs> kind of like the heat, not five, <laughs> not seven. Like, yeah, we about to do all of that. Let's make it happen. And so uh, that, that really is how it formed. And then uh, we rolled on campus. And, and when you stay in the dorm, you get that kinship, you become roommates and all of that stuff. So then we became brothers and, we rolled together as one at that point. What interferes with your happiness? Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? See, you and I know, like, sometimes, right, we all need someone to talk to. There could be things getting in the way of you just feeling like yourself and performing optimally and you got to get your mind right yeah for sure i mean that's that's always the the biggest thing is making sure you got a clear mind and making sure you got somebody to talk to about it so better help will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist it's so convenient you'll connect in a safe and private online environment and you can start communicating in under 24 hours send a message to your counselor anytime and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. On top of that, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. And CC, I think about that just at this period of time, right? People are dealing with a lot. This is an anxious time. It's nice to know you have someone to go to, obviously, you know, remotely due to this technology as well, who you can talk to and, and kind of work through things with. And you'll be surprised what you'll tell, you know, a licensed therapist. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody that, that's actually trained to help you you know, be better in life. I mean, you, you'll be surprised what you can get off your chest. So it's not self-help. It's counseling from licensed professionals who are specialized in areas such as depression, anxiety, grief, trauma, and more. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash R2C2. Join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, 
com slash R2C2. All of sports may be benched, but The Athletic is still coming out with incredible sports stories. Sometimes falling into a great sports story and losing track of time is exactly what you need. From top local and national sports writers, you get quality, exclusive, in-depth content that goes beyond the box score. You'll get full access to all sports, teams, cities, and writers, and you can customize and choose the content you care about. The Athletic is your one-stop shop for passionate sports fans. See, I know you got the Athletic app on your phone. I do. You know I love the Athletic app, and you know, like I, you can customize it to each city that you want. Um, you know, I have Bay Area sports on there. I got um, you know New York, tri-state area sports on there, so it's great. You're gonna have to have Vegas sports on there now too, huh? I, I will. I'll have, <laughs> have Vegas sports on there soon for sure. Overseas <laughs> Raiders. Right now, the Athletic is offering new customers forty percent off plus. A one-week free trial. I'm just telling you, as a sports fan, this is something you should do. It is worth the investment. To take advantage of this offer, visit theathletic.com slash R2C2. Once again, to get started with 40% off plus a one-week free trial of The Athletic and their complete library of written audio and video content, go to theathletic.com slash R2C2. Jalen, the other, uh, you know, one of the other great teams you're a part of has just gotten a whole lot of attention. You know, Last Dance, you know, obviously sparked a million, you know, Twitter debates and stuff. And I'm sure you've gotten sick of it having to discuss every day uh, without question. So <laughs> don't worry, I'm not going Jordan LeBron or anything like that. I'm ready but, for whatever. I'm no, ready no, for whatever. No, no. I'm ready for whatever. <laughs> what, what I'm just wondering is like, what's so fascinating is that Pacer team that took them to seven that you were a part of. Like, I, I had forgotten. See, I don't know if you remember. Like, I, I forgot how loaded that team was. Like, I remember watching, but that was a damn good Pacer team. And so, right, see, did you, do you like, when you were watching, we were like, whoa, I forgot, like, how good that Pacer team was. You know what? I was a little yeah. older. I'm a little older than you, so I remember <laughs> yeah. how good they were. Like, I remember Reggie yeah. Miller being a threat. Like, I remember him hitting those big shots. Like, obviously, you know, being a teenager in the, in the 90s, like, you grew up a Bulls fan. Like, I mean, it just is what it is. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, I remember Reggie yeah. Miller. Like, I remember those teams being really, really good and as good as those Bulls it's teams. It's funny, though, because like, I remember I, I, I grew up in New York, so I remember all your guys' battles with the Knicks, obviously. But I, I never – I, like, for whatever reason, I didn't remember thinking, like, oh, yeah, you could be on the Bulls level. And then you watch that, and you're like, uh, yeah. Like, that team was loaded. Yeah. Jalen, when you – I mean, obviously now it's been brought back to the surface, but when you think back on that team, like, what, what kind of emotions bubble up and what kind of thoughts? A couple of things. When you said could have been on the Bulls level, you reminded me of something. In my draft in 1994, I was almost an actual member of the Bulls. Really? Jerry Cross called me the night before the draft because they were going to swap picks with Seattle and Sean Kemp and I were going to go to the Bulls for Scottie Pippen. So one of the things wow. I see is how I knew that he was really unhappy and he didn't get his money. And, you know, like information wasn't then what it is now and how, how fluid it is. And yeah. so understanding how really unhappy he was with his deal and all of that stuff, I'm like, man, that could that was really about to go down. That's crazy. <laughs> like, whoa, Jerry Cross was <laughs> trying to trade that dude, you know? Mm. Like, I, I, and so the thing that stands out to me, is, and, and Cece, I got to hear your opinion on this. So Michael Jordan, in order to be 
a, a six-time champion, six-time finals MVP, considered the GOAT of all time. He had to learn how to do it. And in those battles, it was the Showtime Lakers, Celtics, Bad Boy Pistons. Pistons. So that turned him into a maniacal person that he had to take something from each of those squads and I got to em- embark that on all 14 of y'all every day or we ain't going to get it done. I <laughs> promise y'all, it will not happen. Y'all don't understand. I've, I've been up against giants. Y'all got to do this. Yeah. And how does it make you feel that years later, it seems like everything that we always dream about having in sports, like winning championships. Look at Scottie Pippen. He, he should be celebrating this. He's not happy yeah. right now. Yeah. Boris Grant ain't happy right now. Jerry Krause wouldn't be happy right now. And they ain't cool. And we can tell <laughs> that they not. Like, as somebody that's been on, on the Yankees and had the success that you had, and, and they've won, you guys have won more championships than anybody, it, 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 are the relationships that, can they be that fractured in order to get to the bottom, bottom goal? I've never seen it like that. Like, I've, I mean, and, you know, I was around the core four, and I've seen the love that they all have for each other, still have for each other. I mean, and, you know, they won five championships together. So, you know, seeing that and then being around them and then watching the way Jeter led, I mean, it could be done in different ways. That was just the way he felt like he had to do it. You know what I'm saying? And even at the end, you can tell that he knew it was wrong when he's crying at the end and saying, you don't have to play like that. That's the way I did it. But you don't have to do it like that. You know what I'm saying? You could tell that shit hurt him to his core. He probably wanted better relationships. He probably wanted to be a better teammate, but just didn't know how to do it and still win. You know what I'm saying? Like, winning was winning was at all costs. Relationships, everything. It didn't matter. Nothing mattered other than winning the championship. And as an athlete, you got to have some respect for that. But as a, as a man, as a person, you got to feel for him, too, because you can tell he probably wanted better relationships than he has now with some of those teams and you know they probably should be going they should be celebrated all over the world those bulls teams they should be going on vacations together hanging out <laughs> doing different things that i, I see know. mo andy g and sato doing you know what i'm saying so it's it's uh it's a tough thing but you know i mean that that's like he said you don't have to play it like that but that's just the way i did it see What's interesting about that, though, Jalen, I'll throw this to you. Do you think there's something endemic about the sport of basketball that makes it more likely for that to happen because one guy can have such an impact and influence? Like, Derek Jeter can be a top three shortstop of all time. He's not winning any championships unless he also has his starters, his closer, right? Like, whereas, like, because if you think about it, I mean, I I feel like we've seen it in stages, right? People criticize Michael for being like that, and then all of a sudden, Kobe – was like that. People criticize Kobe for being like that. And all of a sudden, LeBron was like that. And people criticize I, LeBron for being like that. I don't you know? think LeBron is like that as much as Kobe he, and MJ, though. Maybe not, but he calls out his team. I mean, he'll he'll very publicly say, you know, we need other guys here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he has no he'll, problem he'll do, saying but that. But he'll do it in a way that, like, like anybody will. He'll do it in a way, like, he'll tell you to his face that. Your face that. You know what I'm saying? But I think like, Jordan and Kobe would, too. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I don't know, Jalen, what do you think? In basketball, if you have a superstar, like people use that term so very loosely. Yeah. But usually if you look back at the history of the game, at some point he's going to win a championship. Like somebody that's considered like the best, the best players in basketball win championships. Yeah. Like Barry Bonds, Mm. I believe if he was on the Yankees, he would have won a World Series. 
Yeah. I felt like he was yep. had his times to be the best player, but so the dynamics change in basketball. He becomes a meteor in the room. Okay. You're you're building around his strengths and you're trying to mask his weaknesses at all times. Where is he strong? Where is he weak? All right, we need more rebound. We need more defense. We need more shooting. We need more height. We need whatever is going to make him function at his maximum. And so having that guy in basketball now gives him that level of power because at the end of the game, he got the ball. Mm-hmm. So, like, I played with Reggie, and I made a, a million big shots. But at the end of the game, when Larry Bird had the clipboard, he was drawing a play up for Reggie. Yeah. Now, if it ended up being something else, that's what it turned out to be. But if he swung it to me and I missed the shot, they're going to go to him and ask him why he passed it to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And if he and it, so so you can't you can't really win in that instance. So now is if I'm going to get all of the credit I see and all the blame. I might as well take the shot. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> And so that's where that's where like MJ, you remember in the last dance, he, he on the dream team with Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Clyde Drexler. He like, um, Amai was like, so at the end of the game, well, who will take the last shot? He like, he's like, me. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm taking the didn't even ask. Right? No hesitation, no gray area, yeah. nothing. That's like, that's why Kobe, like, if it's three guys on me, I'm still gonna shoot it. Hey, I was like that too. I'm like, I'm gonna shoot it. Yeah. And, and, and so, so I think that's what makes it different. But if you have that guy, you can ride his coattail to greatness. And I even think too, like not being a leader, where KD obviously, I mean, you know, it was obviously Steph and you know Draymond's and those guys' team, but he was the the most talented player. And I think whatever happened and went on with him would affect everybody, even though he wasn't the leader of the team. If that makes sense, you know what I'm saying? I think basketball is a little different in that way, where the best player, everybody just defers to the best player and his mood and the way he handles things is kind of the team's mood. It just is what it is. You know what I'm saying? You see it in Philly with Embiid. Like when when he's in a good mood and playing well, they they rolling and everybody's happy. And then when he's not, it's, you know, it's, it's did, did, did we trust the process too much and blah, 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 blah. Like people start chirping. So I think when it, just naturally in basketball, when it's the most talented player, they, they set the mood for the team. Absolutely. And, and I will give you a couple of what ifs. You just reminded me of one that I didn't think of. Mm-hmm. I have three what ifs. Because people, one is, what if Shaq would have stayed with the Lakers? They had won three straight. Mm-hmm. Kobe won two more without him. He won one more without Kobe. Mm-hmm. That's three more. So that's six. So that's I believe six. they at least got six or seven together. For sure. Right. What if LeBron would have stayed in Miami? That's why, to me, if he would have achieved what they were supposed to achieve, and it didn't have to be not five, not six, but if they would have got, like, four, yeah, then I would have been like, okay, he could kind of look MJ eye to eye and we could really have this argument. Yeah. And then the other one you just said is KD stand with the Warriors. And so what happens also in basketball is sometimes the best player now, it's like, I won a championship, but I'm unhappy. Mm. So Kobe, rest in peace to the legend, valued his two rings without Shaq more. Yeah. yeah. LeBron valued his one in Cleveland 
more than Miami more. Yeah. KD's going to value one with the Nets than, than with um, the Warriors more. Yeah. That's why, as an old head of the game, I have to give these guys a, a little demerit when they team hop to taste, chase championships because that's literally what you just did. Yeah. And it's okay. <laughs> Those like KD should be happy, right? Um, KD CC? should be KD should be happy. No matter what. Like it is what it is. He won two. You know what I'm saying? Like it, he was the best player. I mean, the I th- I feel like KD should more than anybody else, and even LeBron too, because they actually won those chips. Like they were the best players on the floor when 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 Miami was winning, when Golden State was winning, like so. It is what it is. Like, I mean, you know, hey, I had I, I, I hopped teams, but I was the best player on the floor when it counted. It, it reminds me of a, a guy you have uh, coming up on your podcast, Jalen, Damian Lillard, and what he says about not leaving, where he says, you take a look around the league and you see guys who are, you know, supposed to be happy with the championships they've won, and you realize that maybe they aren't as happy as they thought they were going to be. So he's like, so yeah. I'd rather stay here and try and get it, you know? And I, and Absolutely. I understand that. Absolutely. We thinking. saw that happen with Dirk winning the way he did in Dallas. He'll get a statue. Yeah. For being there for 15, 20 straight years. Look at Tim Duncan. That's why when people started start talking about uh, like all time great players, there's something when, when you're Tim Duncan and you're Michael Jordan, you go to teams that have never won championships and you have your dominant era and they don't win before or after you. Mm, like that, yeah. like that. That's crazy. It's a good point. Yeah. It's a really like good the Spurs point. getting further away from it, not yeah. closer. True, yeah, for sure. You look True. at the West. They ain't. They yeah. not getting closer. And they lost Kawhi in his prime, and he back in the West. Yeah, <laughs> yep, he is. Let me ask you this because you just brought up something interesting. You're talking about end of game situations, and I always love this. You know, see, Jalen and I get to work with the great Hubie Brown uh, on yeah. our NBA ESPN coverage, and Hubie always loves. He tells some great stories about people asking him, "Why didn't this guy get the last shot?" And him t- <laughs> telling stories of, well, what they don't know is, you know, this guy's scared to death of the last shot. I drew it up for him. He just passed it up. You know, he's like, when you go, you draw up the huddle at the end, and everybody comes in. And you see the guy whose eyes are down because he doesn't want anything to do with the last shot. Jalen, I'm just wondering, can you think of? situations in your NBA career, maybe you want to name names, maybe you don't, on either side of that, where you go, you're drawing up the last shot, and there's a guy who, man, he just does not want that heat, or guys who are just like, hey, I, you better be drawing that up for me. So on, on the side of knocking down the shot, I mentioned Reggie, no doubt, with the all-time great shooters. Ray Allen comes to mind, Larry mm-hmm. Bird, guys I would want taking my final shot, Steph Curry. And, and, and the reason why I say each of those guys first is because they're giving me efficiency and each of them can catch and shoot and get it off quick. Yeah. They can pump fake and escape dribble and still get it off and then take one or two dribbles and still like go towards the basket and make a play. That's yeah. why it's still hard to determine right now if like your best player and Giannis is trying to do it now can be a quote unquote big guy because usually that's the guy you got to give the ball in to, to make a play at the end. I'll give you some traits without naming names. I like it. Yeah, give, give us the stories with, the, <laughs> about with John Doe is the name. Yeah. About the guys that don't want it. So yeah. th- 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 this is what Hubie was basically telling you. Yeah. There, there's certain guys like in the second quarter, and it's a sideline out of bounds, or oh, they jab quick and get open. You can't deny them. 
<laughs> then the game started to get closer. All of a sudden, they can't get open. <laughs> <laughs> can't get open. That, that, that's one. The other one, especially especially for guys that like to post up, CC a big guy. He knew this. I used to be a stretch big in high school. Yeah. Hey, guys be open in the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, big position, wanting the ball, everything. Now all of a sudden you're getting denied, getting pushed off the block, <laughs> 18 feet away from the basket, you looking at the ref, you know, like, all right, all right, I get it. Um, the other thing is when you're supposed to run a play for a guy and he don't go as hard as he should, for mm. the action. Yeah. That's what Hubie was telling you. Like, oh, okay, I tried to run a single double for this guy. I tried to run a flare for him in three games. He got <laughs> he got stolen once, and he didn't get open the other two. <laughs> I like, got it. And then you got those other guys, and I, I'm, 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 I'm proud to fall into this category. Not By no means am I a great player, but you have the guys that have irrational confidence. I'll name some to like Jamal Crawford. J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith got it. J.R. Smith. <laughs> Lou Williams. Like, you yeah. can't tell Lou Williams he ain't better than LeBron. You can't tell him that. <laughs> right? You can no, you can't. No chance. Yeah. No chance. He wants right? that ball. Yeah. Exactly. And so yeah. you, you can see it when certain guys start to get that bounce and starting to get aggressive with it. And a, a, a person that quietly does it now and he just don't say anything. Kawhi. Mm. Kawhi. Kawhi been shooting these boys down these last couple of years and ain't yeah. been saying nothing. Went to Toronto, came off a knee injury, made that shot against the rap, against the Sixers, Sucks, bounced yeah. on the rim, had him be crying, played the Greek freak one-on-one, beat the Bucks, got to the finals. They won the chip. He, he's then he a, he's, Paul George. Go to the Clippers. That's what he's another what if for me though. Like, what if he goes to the Lakers? You know what I'm saying? Then everybody's crying oh. and the league's all fucked up again. And it right is. Now, it's true. You it's know true. what I'm saying? It's true. Like, what it if? Is. What if? He, like, he held the league in his hands. He, like, he could have did whatever he wanted to. And, he, and and like, luckily for us, he chose to do the right thing. Like, no, no, I need to ask a LeBron <laughs> question. Did, did Kawhi do the wrong thing, or was, was LeBron doing the wrong thing recruiting him? What do you think about that? Nah, I don't think LeBron was doing the wrong thing recruiting him because of what he had just faced in 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 Golden State with KD and you know Clay and Steph. So I don't think in his mind, I don't think you know, and for for a fan, I don't think he was doing anything wrong. He was just doing what he thought was necessary. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what he was taking to win but, at that point. Like, but you know what's so, funny though? But he if he wins a title with the Lakers now without Kawhi. Obviously, with Kawhi not being with the Lakers, but it is going to it, in in the annals of history, it is going to resonate so much more than yeah, if he would have recruited Kawhi. He's so gonna have to get out of the West playing against Kawhi in the same building, Cass. which which is gonna <laughs> make I'm the like, championship mean <laughs> even more if he gets it. Yeah, you know? he got to get out of the West though, bro. Uh, like that's you, the problem. <laughs> You know what's funny about bringing up Kawhi like that, though, Jalen? People always ask me, oh, you call games courtside. Like, who are the guys who stand out most to you? And you know. And see, you know this from going to games as often as you do sitting courtside. There are certain players that, as great as you know they are, when you watch them courtside, you're just like, whoa, 
You know, that that guy's a totally different level. I remember the first time I watched Carmelo Anthony, I thought that. Like, I'd be like, okay, and I'd watch him up close. I'm like, okay, now now I get it now with that size see. and that jab yeah. step. But the guy who does that for me most in the league right now is Kawhi. When, I wa- when you watch Kawhi up close and you're just like, oh, my goodness, this guy is – and you can tell what you're saying, Jalen – he wants the ball in those moments. Like he is going after it and he is in total control on both ends the whole game. Blows me away. Absolutely. And I was talking to Charles Barkley about this. And, and, and here, here's a different thing from players that are clutch. How about guys that are playing hard all of the time? Yeah. Mm. And the two guys that come to mind when I'm on, standing by the court, Kevin Garnett and Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Like, Russell Westbrook, the year that he averaged a triple-double, I went to m- many of those games. I could feel his win as he ran by. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 I, I, I had – it, it was he, – he's m- the most athletic point guard that the game is, has seen. Yeah. He averaged a triple-double. I never thought somebody would do that since the big O did. Yeah. And so – and, and then there are other guys that you marvel at their skill with their size. That's where the game changes. So it's like Greek freak is when we say big guy, yeah, he's big, but he's just slender, but he's seven feet tall. Yeah. Anthony Davis shooting threes. Um, the, these guys are seven foot tall. The, the, KD, man. KD, yeah, KD too. KD yeah. is unguardable. He, get and used I, to I've this word with the Nets. KD in at center. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. He's going to be playing a lot of that. I've been looking who, forward who to is that, that. Ne- who is that next superstar guy you think like that hasn't won a championship that is that you said that walks in and he takes up all the is it Giannis? Is it, you know, James Harden? Who do you think that that next guy is that needs to take the step to win a championship? We can't dismiss it. I feel like if it's gonna be somebody's era, this is Kawhi's chance to try to take it. I think yeah. him adding Paul George and the Clippers about to get their new building and the depth that they have. I feel like this is his chance to win two of the next three or, you know, two of the next four. So mm-hmm. I, 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 I see Giannis coming and I love a young Tatum and, you know, Harden always going to get buckets and you can't dismiss LeBron and AD obviously, but if the Clippers are able to get by this year and win it, this becoming a Kawhi era. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Especially winning in Toronto, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Taking a franchise that's never won. I mean, that's 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 in as one big season. As, that's as big as LeBron winning in Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? That's it's crazy. as big as that. It's the same. It's almost the same. Exactly. Jalen, amazing stuff, man. Thanks for hanging out a little longer. I know you're up against it now, dude. So thank you, bro. Thank you for Appreciate being with us. Appreciate it, Jay. It's funny because he was just uh, talking about Kawhi like that, and how this could be his era. And if you think about it. Like if you look at the in my my old co-host Robin Lumberg, who's a huge hoops guy and whose opinion I, I really respect, he always says this. He's like, Kawhi is one of the hardest guys to place historically right now, you know? And I agree, because there's not like necessarily the body of work yet, you know? And he's still he's still young ish. How many did he win? He won with two with the Spurs? He won one with the Spurs. One with the Spurs. One with the Spurs, one with the Raptors. With the Raptors. But you think about it, he he was the but he was the he, Finals MVP when they won with the Spurs, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah and okay. beat LeBron. You know, yeah. then he he wins with the Raptors, and I know it was a as you well know a disheveled Warriors team, but he still you know he still was the MVP still beat beating the Warriors, that Warriors yeah. team. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
And then, coming off a coming off a couple years where like people was questioning his, you know, yeah. if he still wanted to fucking play. You know right. what I'm saying? So like exactly. he came back really from like from you know, he came back from the bottom, to be honest. Well, and what's so interesting is like I don't think because he's unassuming and whatever, like and even his game at times wasn't as like in your face, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like he, we never have looked at him as like, you know, the guy who owns this era or whatever. And yet he is, if he wins with the Clippers, he's going to be, he's going to have done exactly what we're talking about is this crazy historical feat that LeBron is chasing. Well, Kawhi yeah. is just as close to it, taking three different teams, winning finals MVP with three different teams. If you presume that Kawhi would win it, like, I mean, it, where does he go historically then if he does that? Yeah, I mean, you got to put him, you got to you gotta rank him pretty damn high. You know right? what I'm saying? And like I said, especially winning in Toronto. Like, winning in places like that, you know, brand new kind of like, not brand new franchise, but, you know, winning their first championship. Like, that's a, that's a huge accomplishment, man. And, and it's just as, like I said, it's just as big as LeBron winning in Cleveland. Me playing in Cleveland, I know how big that championship is in that city. You know what I'm saying? And to him yeah. being from Akron. So, you know, but but what Kawhi did in Toronto is, I mean, that was for a whole country, man. That's crazy. Love it. Those stories from Jalen were great, weren't they? Yeah, they were good, man. He's, he's, I mean, like I said, I've been looking up to him for a long time, being a lefty. And, you know, I always looked up to, to guys that, that shot the ball left-handed. So, you know, having him on the pod, doing Jalen Jacoby, um, getting a chance to know him, it, it was that. I mean, it's awesome. Well, we love to have him. We hope you guys love listening and watching. Make sure uh, you know you check us out every Thursday. Rate, review, subscribe. See, we'll do it again next week, man. Yes, sir.